Welcome to the Ego Sumvia podcast with me, Father Andrew Eber. As always, I invite you to begin by joining with me in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grant us, O Lord our God, a mind to know you, a heart to seek you, wisdom to find you, conduct pleasing to you, faithful perseverance in waiting for you, and a hope of finally embracing you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. After taking a break for Eastertide, this podcast is back in the last days of May, just in time to talk about Mary. Because May is, as I'm sure you know, Mary's month. And this is an association that goes right back to the Church of the first centuries, partly due to the role of Mary accompanying the disciples through the 40 days leading up to Ascension, and then on to Pentecost and the birth of the Church. So Mary is present both for the birth of the Church at Pentecost, and obviously present for the birth of the Lord at Christmas. And that's why on the day after Pentecost we have the feast day of Mary, Mother of the Church. But today I wanted to talk about Mary's ordinariness and about her closeness to the Lord. Because it seems to me that Mary is a great comfort to us in our ordinariness, and a great encouragement to us to flourish and be fruitful in our ordinariness, just as she is. If you visit Mary's house in Nazareth, there is an enormous, and frankly pretty hideous, concrete basilica, huge church, the biggest Christian church in the Middle East, which has been built over the remains of Mary's house. And if you walk down into the crypt of the church, right at the very bottom, you can still visit her house, which is just a very simple room, almost like a cave cut into the rock, where the angel visited her and where Mary gave her yes to God. So there's this extraordinary contrast between the grand, awe-inspiring basilica and the simple, humble home at its heart. It's a great reminder of Mary's ordinariness, her simplicity, her humility, and a reminder, too, of how God makes use of what is ordinary and humble, not what is grand and impressive. Mary, of course, talks about precisely this in the Magnificat, in her hymn, of praise that she sings during her pregnancy when she visits her cousin Elizabeth. She sings, My soul glorifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. He looks on his servant in her lowliness. In her lowliness. This is part of the truth of divine love, which is not impressed by grandeur or by spectacular achievements. And Mary sings this truth to you and I, that God puts down the mighty and raises the lowly. God doesn't choose to be born of a noblewoman or an aristocrat. We know this from the nativity. When the wise men come to look for the newborn king, even though they followed God's star faithfully for many miles, at the very last minute they go astray and they look for him in the wrong place. They look for him in the palace in Jerusalem, because just at that last moment they have started to listen to other people's ideas of where they ought to go, other people's ideas of the kind of place the king ought to be born, instead of listening to God's ideas. 
And the same can be true of us. Too often in life we listen to other people's ideas about our status, or read our own ideas about our status, instead of listening to God's ideas. Too often we think we have to be someone else. Maybe we think we have to impress people by living in a palace, or something like it, because a stable or an ordinary home, like Mary's home in Nazareth, just isn't good enough for us. But Mary, in her lowliness, is crowned Queen of Heaven. The Lord raises her up to where she should be. And if we trust the Lord, if we place ourselves in his hand, he will raise us up too, to where we are meant to be. We can also see this lowliness that the Lord loves in the rosary. There is, after all, nothing more ordinary than the rosary. The very origins of the rosary is that it is a prayer for people who can't read or write. It is the prayer for the lowly, a prayer for the poor who could not read or write. So instead of reading out complicated prayers from a book, you memorize one or two simple prayers and say them over and over again. And the Lord loves that prayer. Sometimes perhaps we might be misled by the simplicity of the rosary, by its ordinariness. Just saying one decade of the rosary may seem so little, it may seem hardly worth bothering with. But it is greatly valued by the Lord and it is greatly feared by the devil. Father Gabriel Amorth, uh, chief exorcist of the Vatican, once said, one day a colleague of mine heard the devil say during an exorcism, every Hail Mary is like a blow on my head. If Christians knew how powerful the rosary was, it would be my end. So we should treasure the ordinariness of the rosary, not least because the devil doesn't understand this. The devil, we know, doesn't understand lowliness and ordinariness. When the devil tempts Jesus, you may remember this, he offers him all the kingdoms of the world and all the glory of them. As if that would work, kingdoms and glory. But then he offers exactly the same temptation to us. He says, you have to do something grand with your life. You have to be something special. And we have to refuse that temptation. And like Mary, glorify the Lord exactly where we are. And then the other obvious thing to mention about Mary is her closeness to the Lord and how she encourages us to be close to him. I mentioned right at the beginning how scripture describes Mary accompanying the disciples through to the day of Pentecost and how important that close relationship is, which makes her mother of the church. But of course she also accompanies our Lord all the way through his incarnate life. So there is no better way of getting to know the Lord than in the company of his mother. That is why the mysteries of the rosary are so valuable to us. If you pray the rosary mysteries each day, then throughout each week you will follow the entire life of Christ through the mysteries, starting with the Annunciation, through his childhood, his ministry, his suffering and crucifixion and resurrection, right through to the day of Pentecost and beyond. I have uh, a family WhatsApp group with my mother and my siblings, and quite often one of us will post an old photo from the past, perhaps a photo from our childhood. 
and we comment on it and on the memories it brings back, and for a moment we relive the past and our childhood. It's the kind of thing we used to do in person. When I visited my mum before the pandemic, we might sit down and look at some old photos together, reliving that experience and reinforcing the bonds of memory and family. Well, this is exactly what we do in the Mysteries of the Rosary. We sit down with our mother Mary and we go through the family album. We relive those experiences in the life of her son and we reinforce the bonds of memory and family with her and with our Lord. Mary shows us the way to Jesus. She reminds us of his life and his presence, and she brings us closer to him. And if people say we make too much of Mary, or that we pay too much attention to her as Catholics, well, just remember that lovely quotation from St. Maximilian Kolbe, reminding us of whose mother Mary is. Never be afraid of loving the Blessed Virgin too much. You can never love her more than Jesus did. And then perhaps finally, just think about the place of Jesus in the Rosary. The absolute centrality of Jesus to the Rosary, to the Rosary mysteries and to those family photos that we meditate on. And the centrality, too, of Jesus in the prayer itself, in the Hail Mary. Because the holy name of Jesus is the central word in the Hail Mary. It is the word right in the middle. And when we pray the rose, when we pray each Hail Mary, we naturally make a pause in the middle of that Hail Mary and an intake of breath at the name of Jesus. So when we pray the rosary, his name is the heartbeat of every decade. So let's learn from Mary's example never to be dismayed by our ordinariness, never to be dismayed if our efforts and our devotion seem ordinary. The Lord looks on us in our lowliness and raises us up. So we don't have to be devotional superheroes or prayer champions. We just need to say yes to the Lord in the ordinary circumstances of our life, as Mary does, to glorify the Lord in the ordinary circumstances of our life, as Mary does, and to rejoice in him and in his love, as Mary does. Blessed Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. If you have a question you would like me to respond to, do get in touch via email. It's andrew.eburn at rcdea.org.uk or add a comment via the Podbean app. And I'll look forward to joining you again very soon. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.